0: Well hello there and welcome to the Leader Podcast with Fintan Duffy. Every fortnight here at longfordleader.ie we'll be bringing you a lively debate on the issues making the headlines in Longford and beyond. This week my guests include RTE journalist Fran McNulty, former Longford GEA County Chairman Martin Skelly, Sheila Riley, the editor of the Longford Leader, and the current president of Longford Chamber of Commerce, Seamus Butler. Well for our chat we dropped into the backstage theatre in Longford Where the stage was set for this month's panto oh yes it was well here's how we got on we're going to start with uh, the big story uh, in longford this week and uh, as reported on the longford leader website uh, last night sheila we'll start with you a 70 million euro development a shopping development in longford town do we need another one
1: that is the key question well longford county council have obviously decided we do because they've granted planning permission um, for this development, which is basically two projects. T- um, it's a €30 million greenfield development, if you like, out in the Ballonlea Round about a uh, 10 million square foot or 10 sorry thousand square foot um, development out there, and also then in conjunction with that will be the 40 million euro redevelopment of the centre of the town, uh, which will see a convenience store, if you like, a kind of a smaller store than the Tesco store that's there at present, built in the town centre, and also um, a large chain store. The, The developers aren't saying who that is at the minute, but a large clothing chain store in there too plus uh, other retailers so
0: so at a time when we have one white elephant down at the end of the town here we go with potentially what's another one in the middle of a recession
1: well it seems incredible, all right, but they, they're very confident that they'll be able to get this off the ground and they're talking about commencing work as early as the summertime if um, the planning process if they're allowed to go ahead with this. Right. So but the question is just in relation yeah. to about the when you raise about the, the white elephant down the end of the town and it's it's a valid point, should that have ever have been allowed to go ahead? Because this the other one had no anchor tenant and had no retail units, had no retailers as such there when it got the go-ahead, Okay, um, but this one has.
0: Seamus uh, Seamus Butler from uh, the Chamber of Commerce, what's your take on this? Well, we've uh, adopted a line
2: on this as also with the Aldi uh, application for the N4 access, is that the core of Longford Town should be protected over all else, Uh, and it's not just self-interest. This has happened in towns throughout the UK in the 1980s, and indeed in Ireland, where out-of-town developments have sucked the life out-of-town centres.
0: But you're getting a, a development here in the town centre. Is that not right? I mean, surely it's. A good are we? Thing.
2: Are we? I mean, it doesn't make any economic sense at the moment. With one spare shopping centre ready to go, if there was any thirst or demand for multiples to come and set up in Longford, surely they'd have done it. To date, that uh, development is nearly two years old now. Uh, what will happen? where it's happened everywhere else, even in Carrick and Shannon we've seen it, where a big out-of-town multiple uh, store, grocery store, people arrive to the outskirts of the town, have a one destination shop and leave, Mm. they don't come into the core of the town. The vast majority of traders in the core of Longford, the family-owned businesses, the single occupation premises, they're all opposed to this. I'm not opposed to development, never was. I'm totally in favour of development. If it were just that they were going to develop the town centre and the Tesco move to the outskirts of Longford wasn't on the plate, then I think the Chamber and everybody else in Longford would be saying, great, you're risking your money, we'd like to see it succeed, go ahead. The problem is the development on the outskirts of town and it's a tandem development because of the retail plan for right. the town and county, it
0: has to go ahead in tandem. And so th- there will be an appeal from the, the chamber will there?
2: Uh, I have already instructed our consultants. We're not surprised by any manner of means that it was granted because the executive of Longford County Council and the Town Council have been working with this development for over two years mm. and they're in fact part of it is ceding a lot of council property. For example the library which is a lovely building, one of the best buildings we have in county longford that 's going, you know i mean who, who 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 wants our library to go
0: all right, Martin Skelly, bring you in on, on this one. Wh- what do you make of that
3: yeah um, well, the, you know like not having a vested interest one way or the other in the in, in the town area. But um, obviously, you know, like I can see it with um, one one development already, you know, not in use. Um, maybe if there's any positive, you know, thing that it might bring some employment around the area. Um, the other thing is that I suppose uh, those of us that uh, come in from the country to shop. Um, we do tend now at this moment in time if I go to Tullamore, if I go to Longford, if I go to Roscommon um, you know I know what Seamus is saying about sucking the life out of the town mm. but from a convenience point of view from a parking point of view you know we do tend to, to go to the the, the shopping centers that are on the outskirts, you know sometimes coming into the heart of Longford town where well, you be don't there. have to pay to
0: park as well in, in a lot of them
3: that's that 's that's, that's another case in point you know that you know it 's just getting the parking space and 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 you know that little bit of i suppose discomfort, but at the same time you know if one was to be um loyal as as a as a Longford person, you know no. one can see the the real worry that there is there for the Of the people that are involved in the town, the businesses that that are involved in the town, and as Seamus said, it could be sucking the the, you know the industrial life or the business life out of um, you know. Uh, companies and, and, and businesses that have been there a lifetime and you know that, that would be a very sad element to it as well so you know it's mixed emotions. Yeah.
0: Uh, Fran I suppose you could either describe this as um, uh, an absolutely inspired move by these people to invest at this time when the economy is at a low or it's a complete form of madness.
4: I think what we have to as, as people who, who live in Longford, most of us work in Longford ask ourselves the question, why in the last four or five years have people been driving out of Longford Town and County in their hundreds and thousands to shop in Athlone, to shop in Mullingar, to go as far as Dublin to shop? The reason is we don't have the sort of modern shopping centre in Longford that we need to keep people here and to keep uh, the, the money that's earned here to keep it locally and there's a good reason for that. We don't have a shopping centre that's fit for, for the purpose. Okay, Right, it may be a new shopping centre, we may have a, have an idle one but any form of development should be welcomed and then there's this whole sort of issue that one side may object or another side shouldn't object. I thought that's what development plans were about, to either rule something in or out mm-hmm. and uh, that's why we have development plans there. So there shouldn't be a question as to whether something can happen in one area or not. It's either zoned for that or it's not zoned for that. And you know, you look at the sort, of, I know the Chamber of Commerce have a point to make or whatever, but the the stance that they took in Aldi, you know, you see somebody investing money in any part of Longford Town, as far <coughs> as I'm concerned that's a good thing um, b- I don't think anything should be allowed to be built, but I think we should look closely at this development and also consider the potential impact it will have in terms of keeping people locally rather than driving 30, 40 miles over to Athlone, which people have been doing for years now to shop.
0: All right, so I suppose, uh, Sheila, just to wrap up on this one with you, between the Cathedral and the new shopping centre, there could be plenty of construction work in Longford.
1: Well, potentially, and uh, as we talk, there's a debate going on in relation to the, uh, the progress on the N5 bypass, and that potentially could happen. We don't know what the story is with that yet so if that got the go ahead as well you could be talking about three significant projects underway in the town at a time when everybody says and admits that we're in Mm -hmm. i suppose what the economists call a trough
0: I'd feel something like that, all right. Uh, Seamus, can I talk to you uh, a little bit about the government's plan, as announced this week, to inquire into the banks and what happened, how they got so close to a collapse and how the crisis uh, emerged? Do you think it's good enough that we're going to have that behind closed doors?
2: Well, there seems to be a kind of feeding frenzy uh, out there that people want to see heads on plates publicly. Uh, There's a kind of whiff of bread and circuses about it, that they want to see the, 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 the whole thing in a circus ring and people emotionally tied up and people broken and all of this. First of all... Uh, we do not need another tribunal if we've learned anything over the last ten years tribunals are unbelievable They get on a life of their own. They cost a fortune. They take forever. We don't need a tribunal Although some pundits have called for a tribunal mm. uh, They were talking that they should have an Oireachtas uh, inquiry Apparently the Supreme Court would indicate that they can't even uh, have findings of fact Mm. So that was ruled out. So what you have is, at some stage, you're going to, ha- you're going to have the private inquiry, and I think everybody thinks that the, the Murphy inquiry and that has been hugely effective. And then it comes out into the open, and then they can have their feeding frenzy when the facts are found mm. and established, not during that process. So the fact-finding process is in private then the feeding frenzy can be afterwards, and I don't see anything wrong with that. It should be of uh, a relatively short time frame, relatively cost effective, and it's not the perfect thing if people want the, want the immediate heads on plates, they're not going to get it.
0: All right, uh, Fran, Just to bring you in on, on, on this one, uh, politically, uh, the Greens took it in the neck during the week for I suppose going along with uh, Fianna Fáil's view of the world as to how this sh- all should be examined, and maybe a few principles have been left outside the door in terms of that particular coalition
4: deal, especially with. it comes things like this. What's your take on it? That's not for the first time, but uh, this whole thing about it happening, happening in public or not, really, you have to look at Murphy and, and the Rhine Commission reports, okay? Seamus said they pro- produced very tough substantial findings, and it struck me yesterday, as watching Jack Straw before the Iraq inquiry, and he was asked a number of questions, That at one point he said, really, this would be so much easier if it was in private. So, in, so he was in a position where if he answered the question the way he, he should have answered it, being honest, he knew there was a huge political impact in the here and now in answering Mm. that question. But if he could have answered it behind closed doors and the result wouldn't be known for six, seven, eight, nine months until all the work of of the inquiry was done, it would have made it much easier for him to be frank and to be honest. And I think that we really have to look at that sort of thing. Are people going to be as frank and as open and honest as they can for political reasons than they would be if they knew they could say it in confidence to an inquiry and then that that result come out in a period of time? We're looking at 12, probably 16 months. Uh, So I think it's a populist sort of thing. We need to see people uh, in public. We need to run after yeah. them with cameras and with microphones. I don't know is it necessarily the best result.
0: Martin Skelly, are they queuing uh, outside the post office in Newtown Cashel looking for heads on plates after the, <laughs> for, for the banking crisis? I mean, do people really, really give a damn at this stage about who did what?
3: Uh, there would be an element of interest um, there's no question about it because a, a lot of people have been hurt and a, a lot of people have been burnt and um a lot of people that are in business you know like can't get money at this moment in time and um you know this is all tying back to call it what you want, the bank scandals are, are the mismanagement of our money, you know, so I think that there is is there there is a strong element of interest there, and, you know, I can take what Fran is saying, I, I can take what, what Seamus is saying as well, but I, I can also understand that, um, you know, if... I suppose if there are misdemeanours by any member of the community in any shape or form, you know, it's unlikely that, that any of us would be treated in the sense of of um, a, a private uh, inquiry, and that the the details would be made public 12 months later. You know, like people feel people, you know, ordinary Joe people, Joe uh, Joe public on the on, on the street, they they just feel that there has been a lot of um, underhand dealings that, um, you know, things, mis- misappropriations, perhaps, uh, you know, it's a strong word, but but that's that's the, the bottom line. And they, they feel that um, there could ev- even be to the point of of criminal activity on it and, and that, you know, it's so serious that, you know, putting it under the table, they would feel that you leave it under the table for another 12 months, that perhaps it might never come to light. And when it comes to light, um, yeah. you know, it could be just a report that would be tailored for the public rather than the actuality and, and, and the core facts of what actually yeah. happened. Sheila, is it,
0: is it more a case of the, the media circus and, and the pol- politicians getting themselves into uh, the suds of a sweat over something that essentially we know what the answer is, that the banks lost the run of themselves, we were happy to take the cheap credit and lots of it during the boom years to do all the things we wanted to do, so we're all paying the price for it now, for the madness.
1: We are indeed, and I suppose there is an element to that, but you have to go back to, you know, why is this, you know, th- why is, th- there's a, there is an appetite out there for a public inquiry, and we have to say why is that, and the reason that is, is because people feel that they were duped, or that they were led along, and they feel as well that there was a cosy cartel, mm. that us as the vast majority of normal, you know, good living people, if you like. <laughs> I don't see any of them
0: around here. <laughs> 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 <just> speak for <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, <that's laughs> round of applause yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically that we we weren't part of that if you like and mm. that as a because you weren't part of the cosy cartel that therefore you were exempt from what was going on so we on. missed out we missed, we out, missed out on the big cash we indeed
4: these are the people who are living in houses with 300,000 euro mortgages that are now worth 150,000 they're the people you're talking about
1: yeah, yeah I am and you see they're the people you know, I know it's all well and good to say you know that we don't want a feeding frenzy and everything and this will be a circus but the reality is that there is a huge appetite out there because people do feel hard done by and they feel as well that there was a link between the property developers, the bankers and the politicians and that uh, a closed report or a report produced behind doors will not bring that out in the open and that if it comes seven or eight months down the line or potentially a year down the line or let's face it maybe two years down the line, we're in another general election, we've probably had another general election come and gone at that stage and wouldn't that be very convenient for us all and no doubt what Jack Straw is saying this year, he's bearing in mind as well, let us say that there Any is a general, general election, election, election in the and UK and Seamus Butler you know? is in like a flash,
0: Seamus you want to
2: come in there politics aside the nub of the problem here is the Irish legal system you look at Bernard Madoff in New York from when he was caught and and he was cuffed and it was something like seven to eight months he got a life sentence justice was swift it was seen to be done and it was done in public in a public courtroom and it's a public courtroom if you want the public feeding frenzy have it in a courtroom like you have with 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 the criminal trials that are on now I cannot understand how certain executives are not already charged and up in court and being uh, sentenced for massaging the for, for actions that uh, change the uh, share price or propped up artificially the share prices of, of certain banks. That is open and shut. What are they at? Two years now and there's still nobody charged. This is why people want to see heads on plates. If the justice had been swift and be seen to be done, there'd be no demand for and this And then you all. can move on, is that the idea? You can move idea? on, exactly. Yeah. But it's in that vacuum and in that absence and that anger there, why are they not doing, as they
4: say in the States, the perp walk? Mm.
2: There's none of them doing it yet.
4: The no. this no. is, is our system them, is structured uh, very different. And you probably have a fundamental point. And that's why any p- uh, potential inquiry Maybe, may turn out not to res- uh, the result may not turn out to be what it should because we're trying to serve that sort of a demand by an inquiry which is set up for something else entirely mm. you know, and, th- and that's part of the problem the system uh, is around
0: you work in Dublin, you, you meet all these people uh, all the time is there um, a willingness among the uh, politicians and those who are in charge of this country to make somebody walk the line with handcuffs on and to, to get them in, into the courts. Do you really feel that politicians want to be able to wield that
4: axe? Uh, I don't, to be quite honest. I, f- I feel that some politicians say they do, mm. um, and some people say the right things. Uh, but the reality is that if you look at uh, uh, Look at Leinster House okay? and uh, across the political divide there are people with very strong links to business, very strong links to banking, very strong links to construction. That's across the political divide and when all of this was going on over the past five years there were very few people jumping up and down saying this is wrong, stop it now. Um, I only heard Joan Burton today uh, talk about uh, this uh, tax relief uh, that Mm. cost the state $800 talking about uh, tax relief in place for builders okay they're talking about it today because yeah. the media have released figures they weren't talking about it six months ago yeah. or they weren't talking about it over the past ten years either so uh, they seem to say the right things when details are put on the table and um, but they've been fairly quiet for the past few years Well, that's a
1: very good point because if you think of this bank inquiry there would be no bank inquiry at all if it wasn't for Patrick and when he went into yes. the uh, as, as governor of the Central Bank. Central Bank. Bank. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I, only for he came. Yeah, out he was of out, didn't he? He, he did. He, he pushed he them forward. One. Yeah. He wanted it. He obviously wanted the clean sweep. So. Yeah. Mm. There's, a, there's another point as well in relation to that this guy, is he's there, he sees the need for it and yeah.
4: yeah, and it proves the benefit of appointing somebody who isn't one of their own he came in as almost an academic coming in from outside, he wasn't somebody who mm. had been there for the past 10 years like we've seen in, the, in some of the banking institutions now, people going into New roles he was new, as you said Sheila, a new broom he came yeah. in, he didn't have ties to people, he wasn't counting on anybody else he didn't really care who he upset, he had a job to do. Alright, I um, want to turn uh, briefly to the one of the stories um, of
0: recent weeks, and that's the earthquake in uh, Haiti. I suppose, Seamus Butler, if we think we have problems here with no running water and maybe potholes and roads after uh, the the frost and the snow, I think it all pales into insignificance. Well, it does, really. I mean, you get people,
2: I I, I think there was one uh, man on Uh, I think it was on the Joe Duffy or something that his water was cut off for two days in Drumcondra, and uh, oh no, national emergency! And he was forty years in the house, and this he said, "We live in a third world republic." (laughs) You know, I mean, really, people do want to get perspective, and they do want to get out of a thing. I mean, Haiti, by all accounts, was an extremely poor impoverished country before this earthquake Mm. and this you know it's misery riding on sorrows back it is uh, awful it is terrible the one thing I suppose we have to look at now is the world's attention is there and a bit like the tsunami it'll go away in five or six months but the rebuilding is going to be the important thing and one thing I have with overseas aid from, from Ireland is that we, as Irish people, have built all over the world, not just in Ireland. But Irish aid is one of the few uh, international aid that isn't tied with anything. Whereas even the Canadians and certainly the Japanese and the Chinese, they tend to bring their businesses with them to deliver mm. some of the aid and we have fantastic businesses that are doing very little in the construction industry and here's an opportunity of spending the the, the one billion or so that they can do a certain percentage of it put back and the beauty of that is that it's done under irish law so if there's, there's a proper contract in place you know exactly where the money is going mm-hmm. and it is irish taxpayers money so some of it could come back to irish people they can build sewage they can build roads they can build houses they can build infrastructure
0: mm. uh, martin um heartbreaking stuff uh, on the TV and on the radio for the last uh, couple of weeks, but you get the, that sense that even the likes of uh, Obama and Clinton and uh, people in the UN are saying we can't forget these people now because we, we've been here before with them. We said it was awful. We said they needed all this help, but we didn't stay with them after the hurricanes and after all of that kind of stuff before. So, uh, so, so you know, the the, the international community, uh, I suppose, have to live up to their word now.
3: Ah, yeah, and. Um I suppose human nature being what it is, though you know, I, I take what you're saying, and but there will be another disaster in twelve months' time again, where where, where the focus and the refocus. But um, I, I would seriously take you know the point that that Seamus was making, and you know we have structures in this country, you know, the, the likes of the Nile Mellon structures, where they actually go out and do work. You know, this would be a fantastic opportunity. That you know. What has happened is is, is absolutely horrendous, and I, I think everybody to the to their very toes. And people will, in this country, you know, will do what they can, and they will give what they can at this moment in time. <coughs> Excuse me, but then they will move on because something else will happen and, you know, it could be a disaster of our own and, you know, I know Seamus made the point about, you know, people were were crippling and times were hard over the last few months, but they actually were, you know, there was serious flooding around here and it's when you're not used to living in something like that and, Mm. uh, but I also take the point that, you know, the scale of what is absolutely, you know, is is absolutely horrendous, but uh, I know that the Irish people have been fantastic in the past, but maybe this time, that, that there could be something be really in a structured basis put there that would 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 go on because if it's not put there now in three months time it most certainly would be forgotten about so now is the time to do it.
0: Sheila, just seeing that we uh, have mentioned there the problems w- with water and, and roads after uh, Christmas, uh, do you feel the local authority responded properly to what
1: went on? I feel they probably did as much as they could in some ways in in relation to dealing with, but in fairness to them was a fairly unforeseen event, unforeseen series of events if you like.
0: Nobody saw it happen.
1: Nobody saw it. Nobody no. saw it coming. That's right, yeah. So in all in all honesty you have to be realistic about this you know we can't have them stockpiling up uh, tons and tons of grit just in case and then closing the library in Ballymahan because they have no money for it mm. I mean you have to be realistic about um, their funds and that now from talking to people who were contacting the council and trying to get there definitely was an issue with information and they need to work on that people felt that they weren't getting information and they also felt that they were being fobbed off now we understand again that the council they had a difficulty and they were getting bombarded with it with it with people coming on to them and when is my water going to be and when's my road going to be gritted and all of this and I can appreciate that that was a very difficult situation to be in but at the same time I think they should have kind of literally rallied the troops Put in like an emergency plan, got them in there, got them sitting at the phones and got them talking to people. Now, I know they did do an element of that and I have to give them some credit for that. But I think you have to say that as far as the PR element of all of this worked out, that wasn't their best hour now. No. But following on from that, Vinton, there is another element of what do people expect from the council? You know, like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you know, you never thought of ringing the council out in the back of beyond, say, I'll I'll go to my own parish of Mullhorn and say, you know, if the water froze, We didn't say, I'm going to get on to the council, you know, you just got on with it.
0: Let let me just put that point to uh, Fran. Fran, if, as we're told, water rates are going to come back, uh, so we're going to be paying for the water we get in the house. If somebody is paying for a service like that, a public utility like water, they're going to demand 365 days service for the money they're paying in. And they're going to demand that communication Mm -hmm. from the service provider. So... The local authorities, if they're going to bring in a charge, they're going to have to up their game.
4: Yeah, but we also demand the same of the ESB and of uh, Aircom, but sometimes things just happen and uh, there are service uh, problems. That is a reality of life. Mm. I think the point Sheila made is really important. Uh, The council probably fell down in its communication. Like, this is vital and it's so simple, to simply communicate a message to the public, to tell them how difficult it is, to explain to them, Here are the problems, here's why we have them, and here's what we want to do to try and rectify the situation. Mm. I guarantee you that if the council in every county in the country did that at a time like this and were frank and open and honest, you would find that the public response would be very different, and that is hugely important. Sheila made a point there about you can't stockpile salt and close, uh, we say, the library in Ballymahan. At the same time... Uh, that salt that's spread on roads I- is vital. It, it's, we're talking about human life. I mean, I drove in the Drumlish road several days over the last month, and I have to say, I have never experienced a road as Literally, a sheet of ice, and that is an extremely busy road. But there was no gritting on it uh, oh, over a repeated period.
3: Just it was just this morning. You know, like just exactly where where I live and and where I live at home, you know. And um, the water actually came up through the road and uh, sort of split the road. Uh, it it was a serious situation. But what I would have to say is that when we did contact the council, um, you know, like um, there were, um, the water was running all over the place and running into the into the house and up through the. Um, it it was a bad situation. But but they did come mm-hmm. and and they did. Um, there was a digger put on the job and it redirected the water around the house. But talking to a couple of people who we were just talking this morning there you know who we were looking at the road and the drains that were dug you know and that is the huge challenge for the council now yeah. because there was a lot of sort of remedial work patchwork mm-hmm. uh, you name it um, but now now that the real problem facing the council is what they're going to do with it and how they're going to face it and right. of course everyone is asking the question is, is it going to be finance that's going to dictate and maybe that brings us back to the banks and waste of money. <laughs> it is. Don't go back <laughs> there. Yeah, Fran, there. Just, just, just
4: I, I just think it's really easy to bash the council. Uh, people need to consider the sort of work that Longford Town and County Council yeah, do. I think Every good, foot yes. of roadway. I mean, it is just quite incredible, the infrastructural task they have in in terms of maintaining that. Is it? It's an absolutely huge job and tremendous work is done round the clock that people don't notice, uh, people out doing work round the clock. A problem like Martin mentioned there councillor on okay. the scene so it's a huge job
0: all right i, I just I, I just want to we're running out of time so i just want to uh, take in a couple of more topics and i want to go back to uh, martin quickly on this one uh Croke park aviva stadium um all of these sporting facilities around the country gea and otherwise and here we're going to london to play brazil in a soccer match what's that about martin
3: uh, yeah well i suppose if you were talking to peter mckenna in crow park he would be certainly asking uh, what is it all about because yeah. um you know, to the FAI and to the IRFU um Crow Park was made available at a at a time and there was, there was it was a national issue, you know, because the the one thing that, that was been facing us was that perhaps having to go to, you know, somewhere like Parkhead in, in, in Scotland or, mm-hmm. or Cardiff Arms Park, um, that was regarded as horrific, as which it would be. I do believe it. And the concept of Ireland playing in the in, in the Emirates Stadium or, or where where Arsenal play or wherever it is, yeah. um it's um it, it doesn 't well yeah it, it. It, it just doesn 't sit because I, I think the stadium was made available and and of course, there was a deal done three years ago or four years ago when when, when it came into being, and you know like that mm. was the deal at the time you know financial times have changed, you know maybe on an issue like this um, okay. I think the the g a would have been quite open or Co-Park stadium committee would, would have, have been, been. delighted and, to do it and it would s- there would be a, sou- a souring element in, in this that, that I feel that, that we did make our stadium available to another organisation. I yeah. know they've decided to, apart from the hurt that it may cause the fans in Ireland, yeah. they won't get the opportunity to see Brazil at home.
0: Okay, um, let me turn to, to Seamus on that one. Could we ever really afford, even in the good times, to have two big lumps of stadiums sitting in Dublin? Oh. and one, w- Both of them idle half the year.
2: Well I mean stadiums by their nature are idle more than half the year you, you don't have matches every night uh, in a stadium with 50,000 in Lansdowne Road or 80,000 in Crow Park what this is, is it's an isolated incident, it's it's indicative of the malaise that has crept into in, into the, the association football basically uh, the the money it, the money dictates it all and this wasn't a decision just by Brazil or Ireland the Brazilian team is represented by, 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 by a, a management company the management company took the decision it wasn't the Brazilians or the FAI so money rules so, it, money rules there's more Brazilians by far living in London than <coughs> there is in the whole of Ireland mm-hmm. and uh, they reckon that they'd get uh, you know other people interested because it's going to be in london you've 11 million people in the greater
0: london area it's money okay sheila do you care
1: well I'm just uh, watching it as an outsider I don't have a huge amount of interest in it I have to say but at the same time I'm always interested in the in how money talks in the, in these things and Seamus has basically hit the nail on the head I mean if they cleared out the entire popul- population of Gort oh. let's face it they still wouldn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do much of it in but it's, also,
4: it's, it's my understanding this isn't something that's in the gift of the FAI no. this is a commercial decision and then uh, there's a whole Martin mentioned the fans you know is it our national team or a commercial enterprise that's a that's Another way of looking at right. things. But it's easy to blame the FII. I, I think it's, it's about business and it's about money stacking it's up. It's the corporate malaise
2: that has mm. uh, totally taken over. And dictates association football and the top yes. leagues like the Premier League in in, in the UK and, and so on. That's okay.
0: what it is. Fran, I want to wrap up um, our discussion today with uh, a talk about the Lillis murder trial. You've covered that um, uh, over the period of this trial. and. Uh, we had the row uh, recently over the fact that one of the witnesses was protected, their identity was protected by the Garda uh, as they gave evidence in that trial. Um, right or wrong?
4: I would say wrong. Um, I have, would have no difficulty with the witness being protected if there's a security reason, a threat to their life. That was not the case here. And it poses one very simple problem. If every prosecution witness uh, that is to appear in a criminal trial or in court on behalf of the state Uh, asked to be brought in to the criminal course of justice uh, to avoid the, and it is a gauntlet of cameras, Mm. uh, to get in or get out, then we have a serious problem. Uh, the, it just simply cannot be facilitated and I think, you know, it, it raises a question as to why it happened and uh, it, it also raises a question as to what happens in the future uh, with trials like this. It's, it's totally unprecedented and it's easy to say that it's a, it's a media stance and the, the newspapers wanted the picture. Um, the family uh, of victims have to walk past cameras every day. Um, the accused in certain cases has to walk past cameras every day. So why is a witness in a criminal trial uh, not subject uh, to the same it re- it really does raise a serious
1: oh absolutely I totally agree with Fran. not surprisingly I suppose but, and, uh, but
4: you, you would want that
0: picture wouldn't you I
1: would want that because picture, you know yeah. if you
0: have that picture on your front page picture. you're going to sell papers readers want
1: it? that picture like,
0: no, it, but do you want it or does the reader want it well
1: uh, is it not the same thing <laughs> 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 but you have to go beyond that there's another element of it here we talked earlier on about the bank inquiring about it but things just has been seen to be done and mm. that's what people want here you decide here is you're at the point now do we, bring, do we not allow people to attend trials? Do we hold trials in private? Is that what happens from here on in? Or are trials held in public, which has been the tradition and the way that it's going? I mean, Fran has been up at that trial. Reading the papers, it's obviously jam-packed there. There's a False. queue out False. the door in the mornings to attend it. So the, the public interest is there. And I'm also interested in looking at the, the moralisation, if you like, or the, the, moral, the moralising behind the idea of hiding a witness Primarily as far as we can see just because she had an affair with a man like there's definitely there's a moral judgment there Someplace, when somebody decided that this woman wasn't going to walk the gauntlet So who decided that and why?
0: Okay, Martin um, Is this justice being seen to be done or is this the media in a hissy fit because they don't get the pictures they want?
3: Uh, well, you know, obviously, you know, it's you know a murder trial of that scale, you know In, in a sense, it's, it's a form of theater mm-hmm. and you know, I know that there's there's tragic circumstances for the for for the family that involved, but you know it is a media show. It's a it's a mass circus, and obviously every little bit of information that we can get, you know, any any trial that's in its eighth, ninth day or tenth day, whatever it is, and still the first item on the news six o'clock yesterday evening, you know, like it's it's a it's a massive show, and I suppose everything that's pertaining to it. Um, of course, we all want to see people. We want to see people's faces. We want to see the person that's being mm-hmm. led into the court, or, you know that's why you know I suppose people put uh these duffel coats are anorexia over yeah. their heads or whatever it is they you know but you know that that is part of the intrigue of the whole thing and you know I suppose we, we all want to see it, but whether it whether I see it or whether I don't, it won't really upset me yeah. that much, one way or the <laughs> other, because it all. Should look the at it fridge. if it is Of be course, I win. to see it. Yeah, that's the point. yeah. I take the point yeah, that um, yeah. I, sh- I should be entitled to see it. I'd imagine that if I was being dragged into the court <laughs> in you Longford or somewhere of that, I wouldn't want it. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I presume that the people would be entitled to see my face. Okay, and, Seamus. And
2: whatever. Well, just briefly, I think Fran hit the nail on the head there. The accused, who is innocent until found guilty, is on the news every night walking yeah, in, walking absolutely. out. This person wasn't accused of anything, she was only a witness. Now, why she should be provided uh, uh, extra attention, I don't know. It is, it is a, 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 a you know, a media thing, but people, a lot of people like this. It, it is theatre, it's a tragedy huge tragedy and people want to see that but again getting back to the point we had at the beginning justice must be seen to be done and the way we see it done is we don't all turn up although quite a few apparently there's a 400,000 unemployed so they turned up there but we in Loughborough we don't generally go to the central criminal court or, or these so we depend on the media to, to, to get this information and by and large they do a good job however, I mean, what was the thing that was traditional uh, it was the, the sketch of uh, the accused or, or someone in the witness box and then there's always colour pieces uh, the, Sheila will bear me out on this
4: where they describe what the, what the witness was wearing and uh, what, 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 <laughs> th- That, that is a hugely important role to play as well in newspaper coverage, I mean Kathy Sheridan's articles in the Irish Times uh, over read. the past two weeks are yeah. just incredible, she paints and I'm sitting beside Cathy most in court she paints the picture in words exactly as it is mm. uh, and that's hugely important for as Seamus says people who can't make it up but on that like the people who do make it up it is quite incredible to see a queue of 60 or 70 people outside the central criminal court and security guards literally having to hold people back and and crowd control situations going on so is this and the
0: Coliseum and the gladiators
4: is this I don't mean to be clear but it is the best circus in town and that's yeah. why people are rolling up and it's but free. But yeah. the same people If you're retired and you're living close to the courts in Dublin, it's warm, it's free, and many of the people who are there will say it's great entertainment, despite the horrible reality of what's going on in that courtroom. And the same people are turning up there day in day. I've covered a huge number of fairly high-profile murder trials over the past four or five years, and there are at least five individuals. Uh, members of the public who've been at every one of them, every day of every one. They will not miss it. They bring their cushions, their sandwiches, and their flask. You see, and they that's were the their same day out.
2: at the tribunal in Dublin yes, yeah. yeah. Castle, and that must have been like Groundhog Day. How they watch the same movie over
0: and over and You're over.
2: They're the again. ones calling
1: for the tribunals now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, well, on that note, uh, we'll have to leave it. My thanks to Seamus Butler, to Martin Skelly, and uh, Sheila Riley, and Fran McNulty. Thank you very much for joining us today. Well, that's Leader Talk for this week. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch with us here at the podcast, just drop me an email at duffy.finton at gmail.com. You can also follow and contribute to more discussions on our blog. That's a different deadline, which is available on our website, longfordleader.ie, where you'll also find all the latest news and sport, plus lots more. So until next time, from Finton Duffy, it's bye-bye.